Hey, hey, homebodies, what's happening? It's your girl Rachel Presser, the Toad Lady, coming at you live from New York. And today, we're going to be talking all about the concept of separate bedrooms for married couples or couples in a long-term relationship who are not married, but still living together. So, yeah, it's been a really interesting phenomenon that I saw, you know, being discussed on Twitter and a couple other places that, yeah, there's um, been a really explosive demand lately for two-bedroom apartments, um, both sales and rentals, although most saliently uh, rentals. Um, it's not just happening in and around New York, Chicago, and other major cities. It's actually happening across the board, although... Interestingly, in New York City and Long Island in particular, the demand for two-bedroom units has just gotten, like, really explosive. Like, it's getting impossible to even find two-bedroom apartments for rent. And there could be a couple explanations for this, uh, you know, one of them being that, yeah, because a lot of people in my age bracket, you know, are starting to um, have children now, you know, they can't really afford to buy a place or just like don't really want to leave the city or the vicinity and so a two-bedroom apartment you know just makes sense when you're a young family whether it's going to be a temporary fix or something for the long term after all it's more common you know in other countries that have you know denser housing like in east asia for instance um yeah so that's one factor um you know another factor being that you know, people working at home are also on the rise. And, it, it, oh yeah, you can, of course, make do with a studio in one bedroom. That's what I do. It's what a lot of people um, where I live do. But if you can afford it, yeah, and if you can find a nice enough unit, hell yeah, you want to get that two-bedroom unit where you, where you can have a lot more room to really, you know, set up with some nice equipment and God, I mean, God, that's my dream. I would love to have a second bedroom to just use it for work. It's, I mean, I love the pl I love the office I'm renting now. It's nice to get out of the house, but God, I would love to have a second bedroom with a home office. Um, so that's also another reason why we're starting to see so few of them available on the market. But then there's a third demographic that hasn't really been discussed as much, and that is... Yes, um, couples actually looking to sleep apart. And so there's a lot of really interesting um, cultural and historical context with it, though namely from an American lens, where we're conditioned to think of couples sleeping apart as a sign that things are in trouble. Um, yeah, that's just like how it's always kind of been viewed, that like, oh, if you're sleeping apart, that means that a divorce is on the horizon or you're going to break up. But actually, no, a lot of researchers disagree with this assertion. Um, hey, look, you know, we're changing things now for at least on the relationship front. You know, things can be, I mean, I'm just thinking of it from the dating point of view. It's a fucking dumpster fire out there right now if you're still single and you don't want to be single. But if you're in a relationship with somebody, um, hey, look, you have more options now. A lot of people don't want to get married, for instance. Like, you don't have to if you don't want to. Um, people are, yeah, looking at polyamory and open dating. They're looking at not bothering with a relationship altogether. You know, you you, you got options now. It's, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, strictly to this one life script. And 
then you can have your relationship dynamics play out however you want. You don't have to follow a life script for that either. And one of them being you don't have to sleep together every single night. It doesn't mean things are in trouble. In fact, it could actually be the exact opposite. And so something really interesting about this is that people don't know that it used to be pretty common to sleep apart. And it was actually a declaration of autonomy. And it didn't necessarily mean that, you know, things were in trouble or that times were just a lot more chased back then. You know, because I'm just thinking of it from an American lens where most, like, people around my age or a little older, um, you know, they see, like, a couple sleeping in a separate bed as, like, this, you know, this relic from the 1950s. Namely from I Love Lucy, you know, because of frequent, because like Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz were a couple in real life and they were on the show. And with the way that, you know, that filming standards were back then, you know, with the Hays Code, among other things. Um, so, like the first, so the earliest TV networks, you know, didn't really want to like cause a big stir, you know, this whole like, um, like, moral guardian thing was really huge. And so, like, 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 they didn't even want to say that we're pregnant on the show when she was pregnant, you know, with their child in real life. And some people, you know, like, tend to think of it as this archetype, um, you know, that people slept in separate beds, um, at least on TV, and that that's just how things were. Like, you know, people, like, they apparently, yeah, like, oh, people just didn't have sex as much back then. But that's not true. There was maybe more, I don't know. If, if you're a woman, at least, there was more consequence for it. But I digress. Um, people tend to think, yes, yeah, as, as the Brady Bunch being, like, the first occurrence of a TV couple sleeping together in the same bed. And it was, but actually, no, it was, um, it was actually a network show produced in 1947, predating. I Love Lucy, where, um, yeah, the Johnny K and Mary show, where, yeah, like, they were, just like, um, Ball and Arnaz, they were also a stage couple, they played a couple living in a New York City apartment, so it only makes sense that, you know, they, they just dragged, like, the one double bed onto the soundstage and used that, they didn't bother having separate beds for the TV set, um, Although, so people just, like, have this idea in their head because that's just what, you know, it codified to them that, oh, like, look at how, you know, like, chaste and repressive, you know, the 50s were, things got realer and grittier by the by the time the 70s rolled around, and, and no, it wasn't the case, aside from, you know, this, like, more obscure TV show, Johnny and Mary Kay. Um, it was actually, like, back in the Gilded Age that, um, People shared, you know, shared the same bed because, hey, like, space was at a premium. But the 1920s, actually, you know, was a pretty revolutionary time. And twin beds began to get adopted, um, not so much out of, um, like, a sexual thing, but because, you know, there was a lot of disease. Just like how, oh, funny, a hundred years later, we have disease too now. I think we're... We just might be seeing this return to twin beds, what with coronavirus and everything. <laughs> but anyway, people, um, yeah, started to like you know sleep in different you know beds because yeah there were plagues and um, typhoid, a lot of other really nasty things. And before we had vaccines for this stuff, 
Um, yeah, it was, um, you know, it was out of a hygienic concern that people slept in separate beds. But then as for, like, the marital and sexual aspects of it, they actually symbolized um, husband and wife having autonomy for each other, but then the whole idea was you could push the beds together when you wanted to be intimate, whereas having having a double bed would force you to stay together, and, like, and yeah, forcing intimacy sucks, you know? Um, yeah, like, no one wants to have intimacy that feels, like, awkward or forced, and, yeah, so the whole idea was that, you know, twin beds could establish, like, this is my territory, this is my spouse's territory, it's our safe safe and hygienic places to sleep, and yeah. And so, and then there was also the practical aspect that, you know, twin beds were just a lot easier to move, like, whether you were cleaning, the, cleaning up the bedroom or, like, moving to a new place, you know, they were just a lot easier to, you know, to port than, um... You know, yeah, those, like, gigantic, like, heirloom pieces that we see in those whole photographs and everything. This was, yeah, long before we had Ikea, Task Rabbit, and so on. Long before we had all that. But then the whole thing with, um, you know, sleeping together and, um, you know, that, like, if you slept apart, it meant that things were going down the tubes. That was because, you know, yeah, this was, like, a, a post-war mindset kind of deal or... Not so much post-war as during the actual war. I mean, hey, look, you know, if, if your boyfriend got drafted, you know, and you're stuck back here, or the opposite, you know, you somehow didn't get drafted, but, like, your girlfriend, you know, was a nurse going overseas. Like, there was, there was a possibility you might never see each other again. So you you bet that you made damn good use of that bed while you could. Um, yeah. You were... You, know, you were considered, like, you know, like, heroic, a rebel for doing that, um, you know, and so you push the beds together where you had one double bed, and it stayed that way, especially if you were married. And then once the war was over, you know, and people started coming home, um, yeah, it was a sign that, like, oh my god, you went through all that and yet you're sleeping apart, um, oh no, something, something's gotta be wrong, especially since... You know, housing and furniture was just, like, so much cheaper and more plentiful back then than it is nowadays. Um, yeah. And so, yes, yeah, so this whole idea, you know, of yeah, married couples, you know, sleeping in different beds was, um, because you saw it in 1950s TV, was actually quite inaccurate for the time. It was more common in the Gilded Age about 30 years, you know, before those shows went on the air. And, um... You know, yes, but so I said, so we just internalized it more because, you know, like watching TV was something that like you were more engaged in. It's not like now where everyone's got their own private screen and we have like 85 Chrome tabs open. Um, with all that said, though, um, that, yeah, sleeping in separate beds or even in separate rooms entirely, um, despite like the lack of space that, you know, you know relatively speaking, you may see in Japan and other East Asian countries. It's actually been pretty common there. And, um, you know, the trend, yeah, so, yeah, like the trend, like, you know, came and went in the States for about half the 20th century. Um, you know, but people, like, yeah, like, still tend, I think, to think of it as a sign that there's, that there's trouble. 
Um, even though, even though, yeah, I mean, like, there's been, like, it's, like, more open discussions. You have more options with relationships and how you, you know, function in them these days. And it's not necessarily a be-all, end-all. In fact, there's actually a lot of physical and mental health benefits of doing so. Like, if, if for instance, like, if your partner snores like crazy and it keeps you up at night, well, sleeping in separate rooms would be great. And then... Um, yeah, like, same, you know, if, like, you work at night and then, like, they work during the day and then it can really, like, screw up your sleeping habits, um, or, like, yeah, there's just so many other, there's so many other situations, like, the possibilities, you know, are, are endless, like, that there, that there could be some reason why sleeping apart is actually better for you, but then even in terms of, like, yeah, your actual intimacy, um, I mean, think, I mean, think about it, like, it avoids you from being completely codependent on each other like yeah it's nice to sleep together but then it's also nice to have time apart you know and think about things as you're going to bed and plus you know hey you you get to have sleepovers in each other's rooms and that can make things exciting um makes you relish you know time together like when you're on vacation or something and who doesn't want to turn down fun vacation hotel sex i i, I mean come on it's it's the best it's the best joe uh, and then and then you go back you know to your own rooms when you're at home i could definitely see why it's starting to take off with my generation um if i ever find a toad dead i just might go for it myself so yeah, if you're interested in hearing more about, you know, various social trends and how we how we use different rooms in our homes, you might want to check out more of my writing at homestragosphere.com. Be sure to give us a follow at Homestragos on Twitter, and I'll catch you again next time.